0: Well, we've got an EA college football trailer. We've got coaches in crisis. And Garrett, we're ready to fire up the hot takes for 2024 already. All that and more on this episode of The Three Technique.
1: One man. Goodbye. Hello, Heisman. 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it
0: all the way back. Albert's gonna win the football game! They get it to Rogers. They get it back down to the 30. They're down to the 20. All the band is out on the field. He's gonna go in the end zone! Four-man Alabama
1: rush. Got him. Oh no, they didn't. Oh my gracious. How about that?
0: Welcome in one and all to the three technique, the college football podcast at the intersection of the X's and O's and the Jimmy's and Joe's. I'm Trey Reeves. I'm joined by Mr. Garrett Turney and uh, we wish Mr. Mason well tonight as well as he could not be with us for the full show. But Mitch and I got to do a full Cowboys mock draft that's coming to our channel really soon. Make sure you check out that on the channel. Garrett, I mentioned it off the top, but we have a fully loaded show tonight. Tons to talk about. We're getting caught up on some news. Most notably that we we have it back. The college football EA college football video game is back. That was the big news that broke recently. We've got some coaching talk to get into. We've got SEC win totals to break down. We're gonna give you guys our best bets in the way too early portion of this offseason. But Garrett, as we are, you know, winding down the end of February, we're getting into the doldrums of the offseason football's officially over unless you're a fan of the XFL or whatever they're calling themselves nowadays what what do you most look forward to in this time of the college football calendar
1: uh I'm looking forward to the XFL or whatever they call them Too, we got some defending champion Arlington Renegades just down the road from That's myself true. here in a in a in you know Tarrant County Texas so we're, we're enjoying that Uh, But no, man, in the college football calendar, man, it gets a little bit slow, but I I love our draft coverage. I love what we're doing with the players that we got to kind of fall in love with last year. And now we get to see them off and, you know, say, hey, I wonder where they're going to end up and start to think about where they do end up once they get in the NFL. And, man, it's just fun. It seems like this is that time of year when, you know, you can kind of snooze through it. But then if you show back up in August, you'll wait, when did that happen? You go, well, it was February and March. That's when that happened. So, you know, it's fun to kind of stay up to date, stay up on what's happening with college football because even though it's it's smaller news right now, I'd be surprised if most people are going to realize you know come you know start of September. Hey, wait a minute, is that Chip Kelly on Ohio State sideline? What's going on there? When did he go to Ohio State, they're going to be why's the why's the Buckeye offense so amazing now? It's well, look, there's a there's a new guy patrolling down there on the sidelines. so it's it's going to be uh it's going to be fun to see. Uh, and, and it's just my favorite time of year whenever we're getting the chance to you know you know, get back into it, get back into the news and the off season and, you know, really dig through some of these details and draft and all that.
0: Yeah. The news really doesn't stop now. It seems like there was a time, maybe five, 10 years ago, there was a slow period mm-hmm. after national signing day before spring ball really kicks up, but with the transfer portal and with NIL and with recruiting, never stopping. And now coaches jumping ship in February. We'll talk yeah. about that in our second segment tonight, The news cycle just never really stops, and we're here to break it all down for you guys. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about our friends over at Home Field Apparel. The good brand, as our friend Mitch likes to say, man, they don't stop in the offseason either, and they have tons of good stuff dropping all year long. New schools, new merch, new uh, apparel with their bomber jacket collections and new t-shirt designs. Dropping all year long, so whether you're a college basketball fan getting ready for March Madness in a few weeks, whether you are just missing the college football season want to share your school pride, use code 3TECHPOD for 15% off your first order and use our link on Twitter to get 15% off any additional order as well. Garrett, Homefield is taking care of us, taking care of our apparel needs. EA Sports is taking care of our nostalgia needs and our emotional needs and probably in a way that our significant others are not going to be too happy about here in a few months. (laughs) But that's a problem for down the road because you know there was a lot of hemming and hawing after the national championship game. A lot of people thought we might get a trailer to drop during that Michigan-Washington game. And we should have. We should have. They missed a golden opportunity, Garrett, but we didn't get it then. We get it last week. We get the EA Sports College Football 25 trailer. It drops on Twitter kind of surprisingly. I think a lot of people were caught off guard. It was kind of a fun little surprise that dropped in our Twitter timelines last Mm -hmm. week. We have a lot of thoughts, but we wanted to watch it here with you guys and kind of react to it as it unfolds. So, Garrett, without further ado, let's pull that up.
1: I want to jump in real quick. Go ahead. I have actually been saving watching this whole thing for the podcast. Okay. There we go. I have not seen the entire thing all the way through. I've seen a couple of screenshots and I've seen like little bits as we were kind of preparing for it to, you know, start the episode. But I have not seen this entire thing all the way through. I was saving it just for the podcast. So we're going to, I guess, open this up real quick. Okay. This, well, I'm going to let you, you take out.
0: away then, my man, because I did not know that. That's awesome. That's a dedication. Right? to this product <laughs> you're putting out. So Garrett is going to live react to this trailer. He has not seen it yet. I've seen it, so I'll kind of keep my mouth shut. But without further ado, let's let's take right, this right, let's
1: see. In. Let's see. Here we go. He like the music, so it's kind of fun to Got something special for y'all. A little update for our fans from the big house to the bayou. From Carolina. To California. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real UNC. Drop the yeah. comments. It's about <laughs> college football. We know you love it. Us too. I, I like it. it. The rivalries, comebacks,
0: the traditions and
1: superstitions built by generations. There's nothing like it. Turns out, we've been building too. <laughs> you know. <I> love you. <laughs> So let's address the big owl in the room. Yeah. We've seen the posts, the predictions, <laughs> the doubts. We get it. It's been a minute.
0: Let's just say, this ain't the only jersey we've been working on. The game this sport deserves. Cause pretty soon,
1: this place will be full again. Until then, Cuter crowd noise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Come on.
0: Full reveal this May. Yeah. I love so, that, man. It's a good trip. And I'll say, so pausing right there. So some people think that's an Easter egg right there. That 6-17, uh, okay. uh, I think, maybe. Yeah, um, 6-7. That could be it, yeah. That that might be the release date. Some people are theorizing that in the tinfoil hat <laughs> corner of college football Twitter. But oh man. What are your thoughts, man? I mean, you got to watch that live for the first time. So I'll I'll turn yeah, it over to you. First takeaways from the trailer. I, obviously, like nothing
1: super overwhelming. That's kind of the point of a teaser. I want to scroll though. The the comments part first, that was hilarious. The ability yeah. to just kind of look through in the I I said, you know, half of those are me, and you know it's just complaining about EA constantly. You know, hey, get a game. I'll believe what I said. little 14 to 25 was a funny little thing, too. This is what I wanted to check out. Are these in game uniforms?
0: Yes. Yeah. I've seen that confirmed. Those are yeah ups in- what the uniforms look like in the game. Yeah.
1: That is crazy. Mm-hmm. That's actually, I mean, look at that. Look at that, man. That's yeah. crazy. I'm sorry. I think that's just nuts. That's yeah, so if you're cool.
0: only on the podcast side and you have not seen this trailer yet, or you just kind of breeze through it, like pause on those uniform reveals because the detail in those—I mean, is... like
1: the—you can see like stitching, like they yes. went in to go like see the stitching and all. That. It's it's crazy. I love that. And so, man, like the thing for me was with any trailer like this, I was just saying, okay, it's a teaser. Like I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna save it for the podcast. I'm actually really really excited about this because. I think with the teaser, you have to do kind of the marketing thing, right? You have to be able to say, like, okay, we're going to acknowledge it. It's been a little while. We've kind of been dragging our feet. Like, if they just came out and acted like nothing happened, I think most of us would have been like, well, are you not going to address the the big owl in the room as they put big owl in the room, right? Um, That's kind of funny. Um, But, you know, like, are you not going to address that? Are you not going to say, like, hey, we're actually kind of mad because you made us wait so long for it? But, hey, I mean, if they're getting it together and, you know, obviously they had the legal stuff that they were trying to work through and if they're even going to be able to make the game. And so um, the fact that we're this close, I think, is just super cool. I think it's fun to be able to say that we are this close and that we're, we've we gotten to the point where now we can go through and say, like, oh, look at this shot of the trailer. Oh, look at that shot of the trail. Oh, look, the stitching, the helmets, this, and the the stadium and the crowd noise and all that. I think that's just kind of fun to be able to scroll through all of that and, and actually have something to talk about besides just I wish – we had some kind of a game, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be nice to actually have something about the game to talk about.
0: Yeah. Very self-aware trailer for sure. Uh, with all the nods to how long it's been and yeah, it's really happening. I I think that's the best tagline there that they could have possibly come up with. Um, it's really happening and we're celebrating that over here at three tech HQ. All three of us are really excited, have been waiting like children, honestly, for the next iteration of this game to come out since the last one came out in 2013. I know Mitch and I still play our copy of NCAA 14. um, And we we can't wait for this new one to come out. So we wanted to spend this first segment just kind of hyping up this game. We're not paid by EA, obviously. I don't think we would need, if they want to sponsor this show, I'm we're, we're all ears. And I'm not uh, going to be fantastic. upset about them giving us their money. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, EA, if you're listening, go ahead and sponsor us. We're giving you some free pub as a teaser. But <laughs> we want to just kind of hype up just how excited we are for this game um, here in our first segment today. And, Garrett, as you know, you think back, you know, what we know so far, it's happening I've seen other reports that you know Dynasty and Road to Glory are coming back. Those are two of the most popular uh-huh. gameplay modes. If you're not familiar, maybe you weren't um, into these games when they were first round, Dynasty is literally building a program from the ground up. You start as the head coach or offensive or defensive coordinator. If it's like how it was on NCAA 14, Road to Glory is playing as starting as a high school recruit. So you start, I think, um, in the old games, I think it was your senior year of high school. You get to start as a senior. You basically start as a zero-star recruit and work your way up to being uh, recruited by big-time programs, and then eventually get to go off and play in, at that college. So, you know, those two game modes, obviously the most popular. They've got to get those right, and you know, obviously the gameplay is going to be very heavily scrutinized. There's a lot of people that are worried about the Madden engine. We don't need to get into the nuts and bolts of the nerdy side, right? This maybe right <laughs> now, but what are you most excited about for this game coming out? Is it the dynasty mode? Is it, you know, getting to see the actual players, not just QB 15 for Florida <laughs> or QB two for Texas A&M? What are you most excited about?
1: Man, I, I think to obviously you get the game, right? That's the first thing is you get the game. There's some improvements that are kind of obvious and, you know, with NIL being able to use the players and the likeness. I get that. Maybe this is just me. Um, I'm way too excited about the mascot games. I, I,
0: I know that's kind of the silly part of it. I love the mascot games. I, I you, love a lot. Of, you're not alone because a lot of people have said, you know, if this isn't in the <laughs> new game, we riot. And no,
1: seriously, that's like my favorite thing is just watching a ball get engulfed in a tree, and just watching that tree with the goofy face from Stanford, you know, fall over. It's just it's some of the wacky physics, wacky bizarre stuff, but it's fun, you know. Like it's the point of a game supposed to have some fun with it. Yes, like there's like the serious part of it, like seeing what you can do, testing yourself and like competing. Like I love that part of it, obviously. But at the end of the day, like sometimes you want to kick your feet up and just have a funny goofy experience. That's something that I think would be really, really exciting to see back. Um I know that maybe just like the, the slightly weird take uh because you know I'm not talking about actual gameplay or players. I'm just talking about like I want to watch you know sparty you know, and all those like individual Spartans mascots just running around the field again, looking like jacked up guys, and you know, wondering what happened to the steroid era of college football or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I just I think it's fun. I think it's goofy, and and I think seeing that, but updated and better graphics and and everything else, I think would be really really cool.
0: Yeah, I am really excited about actually getting the players right because oh for sure, number one, it's they they'll finally get a cut because we were you know we. EA will say, no, we were never using their name, image, and likeness before. But, you know, QB number two sure looks a lot like Johnny Manziel. And, oh, he's a dual-threat quarterback that can run really fast and Mm -hmm. scramble around. He's a scrambler in the game, right? And getting to actually use that name, image, and likeness, number one, is just going to be cool for us as fans. But imagine how that's going to feel to the third-string tight end on your given G5 program, right? Like, no one knows your name outside of that program. No one knows your, you know, stat line outside of your fan base, probably. But to be able to like hold on to that game and maybe show your kids one day, hey, look, you can yeah. play as your dad in this video yeah. game. <laughs> that's incredible, right? Like that that's something, you know, they kind they kind of had that. And I think the athletes back then would, if they're honest, would say, Yeah, of course I know I'm playing as me. But To have your name and your Mm -hmm. stats, your height and have it kind of look like you like that's going to just be incredible. And I'm really excited to see how just how excited that makes the players. Honestly, like it'll make me excited as a fan to get to play with players that I actually know. But getting to see players experience, that'll be really cool, too.
1: Yeah. and, And that opens up so much with the game as well. One thing that I was wondering about, and obviously there's only so much you can really do with this, but I don't know if they've confirmed or talked about or any of that stuff, but one feature I think would be cool is the kind of customizable teams where you can kind of build your own team with the card-based stuff that we see out of like FIFA and Madden and stuff like that, where you have, you know, random card draws and stuff like that. And I'm not saying necessarily just pay-to-play with packs and everything, but, you know, find some way to get, you know, custom teams together where you can say like, hey, this is my favorite college, but what would it look like if they had all these different random players and, you know, being able to you know go online play as your favorite team but then you're saying like oh i really like you know purdue and you know quarterback mike vick or, or you know quarterback joe burrow going out there for the hawaiians or whatever it's like that'd be super fun to to just kind of see the different random combos you could get it's similar to how it's kind of goofy to watch that stuff in the in the you know madden games when you're like oh, i'm looking at a madden game and you know i'm playing as the the cowboys and i've got you know tom brady out there you're like well something's something's a little off about this I think it'd be fun to be able to do that as well because also there's the other side of it which I think is more real in college football which is you might draw a player in a pack who played for your rival and you're immediately like no I don't like this like like a Longhorn drawing a Johnny Manziel or you know like an an Aggie drawing Vince Young or
0: something you're just like I'm not playing as this guy I don't like him Bench him, right? Bench him. Yeah, bench my ninety nine overall Vince Young in favor of you know whoever is the back third stringer, Yeah, yeah. yeah it, what would be really cool? A twist on that that I think would be really cool is if you could assemble an all time team for your school. Like maybe not yeah, pulling yeah. a card of like you know a Michael Penix going to South Florida, but like. You know, if you're if you're thinking about you know, you could pick up a Baker Mayfield throwing to, I, I guess he did throw to C D Lamb, but you know, like those types That'd of plays, right? Them, yeah.
1: yeah,
0: like a cross generational handing the ball off to Adrian Peterson, and then yeah. exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you for saving my point there with <laughs> Oklahoma, but um, yeah, like a cross generational thing where obviously there being some advantages to some schools, but you know, you could get a a caleb williams throw uh handing it off to reggie bush right like how right. how incredible
1: well and I, I, you brought up the oklahoma how about a read option offense with kyler and adrian peterson that would yeah. just be like just the
0: combinations <laughs> that you so can make gross. with that like and you kind of get the element of the card version right and like mm-hmm. the build yeah, a team yeah. but like building a super team of players from that program i think yeah would be really cool Yeah, or just giving
1: us historic rosters and saying, you know, I just want the 2019 LSU team. I just want to do that.
0: Yeah. And I I think that's something that people are definitely clamoring for from a standpoint of, especially those years that we didn't have a game, being able to play as the 2019 Mm -hmm. LSU Tigers, the 2020 Alabama Crimson Tide, um, you know, the Ohio State team, 2015 Ohio State team that won it all. Yeah. All those teams would be really, really fun to play with. And that's definitely something that the online community, Has wondered, you know, how are we going to incorporate those people? Other things like, please don't screw up Dynasty. I'm really excited to see how they modernize it, but I really hope they keep a lot of the elements. The recruiting on NCAA 14 definitely wasn't realistic. You know, like you were starting to recruit kids in like September of their senior year, and obviously that's not how it works in real life. But um, for the game purposes, obviously most people don't want to spend. 90% 90% of their time recruiting like a real college coach does so um <laughs> although it would be nice for perspective and you'd see a lot of college coaches yeah we'll see it's not that easy
1: huh? and then you know maybe with the new game you have a new feature where like some guy just leaves your roster You're like what
0: happened so you got a million dollars to go play over there <laughs> i it will be interesting to see how i i an in IL and the transfer portal are definitely going to be a big part of this game mm-hmm. and you know i can just see it now like you scrounge and get this three-star diamond in the rough recruit to Toledo. He has a freshman all American season and whoop. You get a little notification in January that he got offered a Lambo and a million dollars to go down to Ohio state. And you're like, well, (laughs) that, that that's how this is going to happen, I guess. But Um, Garrett, is there anything, you know, we, we talked about mascot mode. We talked about, you know, just a revamp dynasty, maybe revamped road to glory. What is an off the wall suggestion that you think would make this like just something random that is uniquely college football that would just make this so much more realistic? I think,
1: hear me out, that there used to be the whole, you know, like home field advantage thing. And some places were better with their home field and some places weren't so good. I think it would be kind of funny if you included I know they're including like crowd noise, but like include some of those random traditions. Like mm-hmm. make it to where, you know, like tortillas and trash and beer cans are getting thrown in Lubbock, right? And and you know, there's there's just random stuff on the field now, and you're like, that's gonna stay there for the first couple drives or whatever. Oh um, here you
0: quarterback back just has a concussion because he got yeah you're like hey him. I don't know man
1: but he got conked on the head or or if you know if it's Tennessee and it's you know old Miss in town then something bad happens and there's like a riot or whatever and you know I don't know you could also include like you know storming the field and stuff like that on there that would be cool you know anytime you have like uh, uh you know that you could figure it out in the algorithm when it's like your school's down here and their schools up here if it's like a rivalry or something that you could trigger it to have like a custom storming the field and tearing down the goalposts and, you know, going and finding a shot of them throwing into a river or whatever. It'd be, I don't know, just be something kind of fun to add and, you know, stuff that you don't see in obviously like NFL or Madden, right? You don't see that in the NFL. Nobody's running onto the the field at AT&T Stadium and, you know, grabbing the grabbing the stuff at, you know, at Jerry World and taking the goalposts with them and say, hey, we're going to take the, we're taking the uprights, man. We're throwing it in the lake over here in Arlington. You're, you're not doing that, right? That's not something that's realistic in life. But but that does happen in college football. So I, I think it'd be cool to see some of that get included, some of the random traditions. And and I know, like, that would be kind of hard to program in. It'd be kind of weird to try to figure out how to do all that. But, hey, it's off the wall. It'd be kind of fun.
0: I, absolutely. I think field storming especially would be really cool. Gary, give me message boards. I, I want to see message boards integrated <laughs> somehow where you – you know, have to have the discipline to not read the the message board geniuses calling for your job after a loss, and could you, you're, could you, you have, have to update real time. Yeah, absolutely. And like you, you throw know, a pick, and it's just yep. This I, so I think that would be hilarious. And, you know, you gotta you gotta manage. You know, we talked about nil, obviously managing your players with that, going to donors to ask for more money would be really interesting. Oh, I also would, hope that there's kind of like sliders on this maybe in Dynasty yeah. that you can have have more impact. All the way less impact. All yeah, the way I mean, I, I'd be down to try it all the way up. Give me the sure. chaos. <laughs> but the one other thing that I think would be awesome is, you know, having some, some sort of just chaos injected in the middle of the season. Like your star quarterback got arrested. And you now have to decide, are you going to suspend him for three games? Like maybe Jameis Winston steals some pride. Right, Yeah. And you have to decide, you know, what what are you going to do? Coach, are you going to risk losing the team and, you know, not disciplining him? Are you going to risk losing your job? And I, I think that'd be hilarious. And yeah. if you remember, I, I can't remember what year it was. It was one of the like mid-2000s NCAAs. That was part of it. Like, you, mm-hmm. you were playing in Dynasty mode, and it would come up, oh, well, you're, your quarterback's failing a class, so you have to start your backup <laughs> in this random conference That game. would
1: See, that would be crazy for Dynasty because you could also go into, like, <clears throat> not just, like, oh, like, he got arrested or whatever else, but you could also do just, like, random, like, oh, he, you know, this guy went out and partied, so, you know, he took three guys with them. Two of them are suspended and two of them are hungover or something like that. And they'll just be like, it'd be really funny to kind of see like, Oh, so he's, he's still playing, but his speed is down all game. Yeah.
0: As long as certain players, you know, are, w- can withstand that, right? Like we all know Johnny Manziel sure. probably played a lot of games hung over oh, um, sure. or actively. <laughs> yeah. And, and he overcame that. So there should be like a custom yeah. slider for that. Garrett, we are very, very excited for this game. Can't wait to have a lot more content about this game. Stay tuned on the channel for all the fun things that we are going to do related to NCAA college football. I'll leave it at that for now, but stay tuned. Professional tease right there. Guys, on the other side of the break, we are going to talk about maybe some less fun stuff, coaching in crisis and what Chip Kelly's move from UCLA to Ohio State means. We'll talk about that right after this. Well, we're back, and it's time to talk about some less fun stuff as we navigate this new world of college football. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at Baller Pickleball. The weather is starting to heat back up. Spring is right on its way, and that means we can enjoy all these outdoor activities that we love. For me and for Garrett and Mitch, one of those things is pickleball. We love getting out on the court and with my baller pro paddle i feel like i have an advantage every time i step out there it has an awesome sweet spot it's very forgiving and it's made of really high quality materials that take my game to the next level you can go shop at ballerpickleball.com use the code 3techpod for 10% off your entire order that applies to their paddles their moisture wicking hats and their equipment bags all of this stuff can help take your game to the next level whether you're just a weekender or trying to maybe Try your hand at a tournament or try your hand at moving up those local rankings. Check out Baller Pickleball for all your needs. That's B-A-L-L-R pickleball.com and code 3TECHPOD for 10% off. Garrett, um, you know, as we turn the calendar to February, typically the coaching carousel has run its course, right? Maybe there's an NFL hiring or two that kind of shake things up, but this year, The thing just hasn't stopped spinning. And we got another big bombshell last week as Chip Kelly, the sitting head coach, mind you, of the UCLA Bruins, moves to the offensive coordinator position at Ohio State, who is now a conference rival of UCLA. So he goes to a conference mate of his current school where he was a sitting head coach and now becomes takes a demotion on paper to become the offensive coordinator. Much has been said about this. Obviously, we're talking about this a little bit after, but it's, it's an insane, pretty much unprecedented move at this point. I know Chip Kelly was kind of not long for UCLA at this point. There was a lot of hot seat talk going into this year. He was very vocal about how unhappy he was with the situation at UCLA. So this move maybe makes sense for him, but... It's certainly not a great look when your head coach does this. And, you know, with all the surrounding stuff that he's talked about with NIL and recruiting and with all the other moves that we've seen, Nick Saban retiring, other coaches being very outspoken, it's, it's a very interesting crossroads that we find ourselves at. As you watch all this unfold, you can't help but feel maybe not sorry for, but it's a really tough time to be a college head coach.
1: Which which is kind of the point here, right? Because, you know, you're looking at this, he's not making a jump to a power five from a G5, right? That's, we see that, that happens all the time. He's not even making a jump from like a lesser conference, right? It, you know, in yesteryear, we could say, oh, pack full for big 10, maybe. Uh, that's not a thing anymore for UCLA. This is a big 10 school now. And so, you know, it, it's not a jump for for Kelly. It's not a jump for him going from, you know like a a conference to a conference or like a a better program whatever else and kind of a better program but it's not like UCLA is exactly short for cash or you know just in an awful place the problem right now just comes down to competitive balance and the fact that I I think Chip Kelly personally I don't think that he wants to you know kind of just sit over there and be okay right I think he wants to win I think there's a lot about college football that's changed for some of these coaches where they're going to say you know what It's not worth it. I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to keep, you know, having to struggle to sort of recruit and watch my best players get poached by money from someone else. I don't want to keep struggling to kind of put a team together and then you know have to worry too much about keeping a roster together in the middle of the season. I just want to think about ball. And now that's what he gets to do. He just gets to think about ball. He gets to go to Ohio State, which is a great football program. They got a lot of really great players. They did you know, amazingly well in the transfer portal. And, you know, now they're in a position where they're able to say, you know, not only have all those things happened and that not only is all that true, but now we get one of the better signal callers in college football currently available. Right. And and not just good signal caller, but a guy who's led a program before and can be a voice of leadership in that offensive room. So, man, like this guy, I think, has a good fit in Ohio State. Yes, technically a demotion on paper, but I think it says a lot more about the state of college football than it does about one guy taking a job, right? There's a reason why this coaching carousel won't die out. It's because there's so many variables now at play as people are making decisions, as the landscape is shifting, as, I mean, so many other variables are going on. There's so many factors to consider as a coach now that I think a lot of these guys are kind of thinking about it, considering things, talking with agents, figuring out what they have at their school, talking with, the ad to figure out resources and trying to figure out what their best path forward is for their career because you gotta remember these are people too Uh, you know they get buyouts they get whatever but they they want to keep employed right they want to keep money coming in the you know and and not worry about where the next paycheck could be coming from for whatever lifestyle they're used to at this point so you know for chip kelly i think fantastic move i think it's mutually helpful for Ohio State. but it maybe underpins some bad things for college football, at least in the short term. I don't think long-term, but at least in the short term.
0: As long as Chip Kelly is not using this as a retirement gig, right? I, I, right. I That's not something I've heard a lot of people mention the possibility <laughs> of. There's a slight possibility that, you know, Chip Kelly's looking to just kind of ride off into the sunset and coast off into the sunset.
1: There's a chance, yeah.
0: But as long as that's not happening, I think this is a fantastic hire for Ohio State. And I think the odds of him taking their offense to the next level, way, 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 way higher than with Bill O'Brien, the the guy they previously tabbed for this position, who is off to be um, a head coach now in his own right. So I think this is a great move for Ohio State. Anytime that you can pluck a sitting head coach to come run your offense. I think that's a great look for your program. It's a tough look for the other program. We talked a little bit how we think this is a good move for Chip Kelly. um, Just where he's at in his career. He had been very open about how, you know, distraught he was with everything that's going on, but more and more coaches just seem really burned out, right? Like they just Mm -hmm. seem, you know, from a head coach level, I can't tell you how hard it would be to be a head coach and then maybe try to call plays or maybe try to do, anything other than just be a CEO at this point. You see a lot of them even hiring general managers to help with the talent acquisition part. Uh And it's an almost impossible job to keep all the plates that you need to keep spinning spinning. And I don't blame people for thinking that there might be greener pastures in a coordinator position. You know, you have guys like Sean Elliott at Georgia State, the head coach of Georgia State to your point, Garrett, of you know, guys just maybe getting tired of the struggle of being at a program like Georgia state spring practice had begun and he announces that he's leaving to take an assistant position at South Carolina yeah. and they have to put spring practice on hold while they figure out their head coach position. So I think it says a lot about the state of college football. I do want to zoom in on UCLA though, because mm-hmm. you know, that's a power program. That's a program with a lot of history and they are now forced into promoting um, deshaun foster from running back coach to head coach at the 11th hour they're going to go into the big 10 with deshaun foster as their head coach and the egg on their face of having their sitting head coach plucked by a conference mate to be their offensive coordinator how do you bounce back from that if you're ucla and what's your temperature on that program in westwood Uh, not easily
1: you don't bounce back very easily if you're the ucla bruins um i man I, I don't know exactly what I would say is their move here. Um, I mean, obviously it's you've done what you can to hire what you have now, right? You've got your staff, you've got your guys in place, it's time for spring practices, we're rolling, right? Um, but man, like that's it's not a great look. I think you kind of have to be okay with being in the middle for a little bit. And, and that's somewhere where they've been recently in the Pac twelve. They haven't been lucky if
0: they're in the middle next year. Well,
1: uh, yeah, we're forgetting everybody from the shadow realm, right? This, you know, they can beat like a Nebraska and a Purdue and all those. I mean, you know, not to necessarily show, you know, throw shade at just those teams. But, you know, there's a lot of teams I think UCLA could be better than just on paper. Um, but I think they kind of have to be okay not competing for a little bit while they try to build something. And this is kind of the the issue you're seeing with a lot of teams as you see some consolidation is, you want to be in a conference where you're actually going to get tv revenue and can support a football program but that also comes with a cost and that you know if you're that brand it's very unlikely that you're the one moving conferences right and if so it's typically not because of like regular factors; it's typically something bigger going on right like what we saw with texas and oklahoma that wasn't just you know oh the big 12 is bad it had a lot more to do with what the SEC was doing and thinking expansion to keep up with the trends, right? And so they got they got kind of plucked as opposed to looking themselves for the the solution. So I think there's a chance that UCLA is going to have to just kind of sit in the middle. And there's going to be a lot of teams like this that just kind of have to sit in the middle where maybe formerly they were, a uh, you know, for sure eight, nine, 10 win team. And now in a better conference, a lot more competition, they're going to have to kind of take a back seat that's the consequences, but if these programs are serious and if they have good fan bases, they'll pony up the cash. They'll get their facilities figured out. They'll get their NIL figured out, and they'll put together some good teams. I mean, these this is exposure in big conferences, so there are going to be some kids in California that choose to stay home so they can play in the Big Ten, and, and that's a good thing, I think, long-term for these teams. It's just not a good thing right now.
0: Man, I... If I'm a UCLA Bruin fan, I hope you're right, Garrett. I don't know that they have that fan base that's willing to rally, though. Like, you you see the jokes right themselves about how the Rose Bowl looks for uh-huh. a typical UCLA game, right? Like, there's a lot of times these big out-of-conference games that they host out there, there's more fans of the away team coming from across the country than, you know, their own home fans. So, like, you know, they host Iowa. This year? Are there going to be more Iowa fans at the Rose Bowl for that game or UCLA fans? Uh, there's Absolutely.
1: a good chance it's more Iowa fans. I let it's Iowa, right?
0: Like, that's a how many Iowa fans there's... are going to be like,
1: hey, you want to go watch your team play at the Rose Bowl? Oh, okay. Here we
0: go. Let's, exactly. let's schedule that flight, you know? Exactly. So I don't know. Like, I, I really, yeah. UCLA, I think, has got to be really looking themselves in the mirror right now and wondering, you know, what have we gotten ourselves into? What like what I know we we sold our soul for this television revenue check, and you know, financially we're gonna be better off, allegedly. I mean, I don't know what the math is on all the flights that they're gonna be, have to be doing across the country <laughs> with all their sports, but right. uh on paper we're gonna be better off financially and we're in a stable conference, but you know, it's the Thanos meme of with the little girl of what was the cost, right? Like it, everything, it's everything, yeah. <laughs> everything and they, 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 I don't know that they have the fan base that's going to pony up for nil. If they do, it's probably going to go more towards basketball than anything. Yeah. Basketball program's not looking great right now either. But, um, I, I'm really concerned. If I'm a UCLA Bruins fan, I'm wondering what have we gotten ourselves into, and is there a path forward? Because right now, you look at the things that are going to make or break college football programs in the future: investment in nil good, uh, you know, good quality head coaches that know what they're doing and can manage a big operation and a fan base that's passionate and re- ready to rally behind them. I think they're oh for 3 in that right now. I'm
1: going to take, take a slightly more optimistic view of the future, and I'm going to go big picture, maybe not just UCLA, but there's a lot of teams that fall into this threshold, right, where they don't necessarily have the most fan support, not super passionate, maybe more of a basketball school, maybe more of a baseball school, and they're kind of okay with their football team being in the middle. This now is going to test athletic departments, not just from a, what are you going to do on the big picture, but how do you get your fan base engaged? That's probably going to be the biggest tell of who succeeds going forward is who's got the best fan bases and the best alumni support to show up to those games. Because as much as you want to say like, oh, you know, players are going to pick for this, that, the other, nobody's going to show up for a you know, a boring stadium and a bland scene. They want to play in front of a bunch of fans in the big lights, you know, so that's when there's a lot competing for your attention in Los Angeles. Right. Uh-huh. hundred percent. And so for UCLA, it might be a struggle, but there's a lot of teams and UCLA should be among them that should be thinking, okay, what do I need to do to enhance the fan experience? Right. Do I need to lower concessions just to get people in the door? Do I need to think about entertainment options, you know, in the game? Do I need to think about, you know, game day environment, all that. stuff, And and that I think leads to a better product long-term, right? You can give up if you want to, right? Some of these programs might just give up and maybe UCLA is among them, right? Maybe UCLA says, you know what? I don't care. We're, you know, we're going to do our thing. And if it's not good enough, oh, well. And if our fans don't show up, uh, right? And if that's the case, like, okay, don't be good. That's fine. I don't care if UCLA is good or not. If they don't want to be good, they don't have to be, right? But if they want to be good, then they'll put the investment in the program, right? They'll, they'll, their athletic department will find a way to get people to show up. There's plenty of people in LA, get them to show up to a game, right? Offer incentives to show up to a game, do, do something to enhance the fan experience. Look at some of these minor league baseball teams for some of that, by the way, Uh, some of these minor league baseball teams have been struggling to do anything. And they've had some pretty creative ideas for how to get, you know, butts and seats. So you might want to look at some of these other types of organizations for how they've been able to get people there and start making your product a little bit better. And that'll get people back in the stands. That'll get people back on campus, excited about your games. And then, yeah, of course your, your support's going to grow from there, but, but it's about that, right? We've been so TV driven for so long. It might be, you know, kind of on the cutting edge of being the in-game experience driven from now on since you're going to be able to watch any
0: game on any TV station pretty much now, you know, forever. Well, you heard it here first. UCLA is going to rebrand as the Randy's Donuts uh, for one game (laughs) in fall 2024 to get uh, sell some merch. So, um, you know, it's going to be fantastic. uh, A fantastic ride for UCLA, one way or the other. And it's going to be interesting. And let me be clear no program is going to be immune from fan fatigue. At this point, sure. I'll just say personal anecdote. I was at a college baseball game on Friday night at a major program, and I heard the chatter behind me was talking. There's a ad on the Jumbotron about the NIL collective at this particular school. And if you know this podcast, you can definitely guess what school I'm talking about. <laughs> but um, the chatter right behind me was why on earth would I give these kids my money so that they can have more money to run around with than me? And right. that's a very valid take for Joe, valid. Joe, six pack fan, right? Like, yeah, why would I donate to an NIL collective for these 17, 18 year olds to run around with more walking around money than I have in yeah. this economy for, for all be, of it to
1: turn into seven and five, right? To yeah. that's the big thing that I've been saying is since NIL is kicked up, you're looking at a lot of teams who are going to end up being seven and five, six and six teams. Donors are going to stop if they're really I'm showing out millions and millions and millions a year collectively for, you know, seven and five and an appearance in the Independence Bowl. Like I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. That's not worth my money. And you'll see it balance off. Right. This is the thing I've been saying. You will see a leveling of the market with NIL. I, I You can go back to some of our first episodes when we talked about this as it was launching. And I said, at some point, the market's going to self-regulate it's going to to find a place where it says oh you know the the you know this defensive tackle that you just had to keep so he wouldn't go try his option somewhere else right he wanted a million or something like that and you weren't willing to give him a million and so you know he he left well okay if that turns your 7 and 5 team into a 6 and 6 team you're probably not all that devastated to not shell out the million so you know it, it's going to self regulate it's going to be something where we we fix it as a you know collective college football world It's more just timing, I think, at this point. And I think part of it is, yes, figuring NIL. But, yeah, it's going to be about enhancing fan experience as well.
0: Well, it's going to be that way for the UCLA's of the world. It's going to be that way for the Alabama's of the world. Everybody's going to have to navigate this new Mm -hmm. normal. we got one more segment on the other side of the break. We are talking way too early SEC win totals. So come on back. Well, we're back for our last segment of this episode, and it's February. It's President's Day as we're recording this, but it's never too early to look ahead to the next season. We're ready for our hot takes to start flowing for 2024 because we've already got win totals courtesy of FanDuel for all Power 4 program. Power 4, that's a weird thing to say. I don't like it. I don't like it. It doesn't flow off the tongue very well. Somebody else get your game up so we can have a Power 5 back. Yeah, American take notes. We're going to do American conference. Someone step up, please, so we can have the Power Five back. But for Power Four, for now, we have win totals for all of these programs, courtesy of FanDuel. We're going to take a look at the SEC tonight. And Garrett has thrown together a fantastic little handy dandy graphic to show us all 16 SEC programs on one screen, their win total over under for next year. Ranging anywhere from two and a half for Vanderbilt all the way up to ten and a half for Texas and Georgia. Thing that jumps off the screen to me, Garrett, is you know, we don't have an eleven and a half in the SEC this year. That was kind of, you know, what you had to bet on for Alabama and more recently Georgia in recent years. You had to bet, are they going to go undefeated in the regular season or are they going to slip up once? And we don't have that this year. That's a testament to these more balanced conference schedules, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the big thing that I noticed looking through all these schedules and man, we did some research looking through these before we actually figured out our teams we're talking about, but like, man, there's so many top end matchups that you normally would only see if you made it to Atlanta. So I'm, I'm excited to see kind of where the season goes, watch some of these teams at the top kind of weed themselves out a little bit and see which team can rise to the very, very top. And and you can kind of afford to do that now. There really wasn't the incentive structure for that for a while with the 14 playoff. Now that you can get 12, or, or I mean, if they change it or whatever else, but now at least that it's 12, you have the incentive to go ahead and play some of those tougher games, chance at boosting the strength of schedule, but also not ruining a season if, you know, your number one team loses to the number five or something like that.
0: Yeah, with the way that this is going to set up, you could have a Georgia go ten and two, hit their under, and win the SEC championship game in Atlanta, and still be a top four seed and get a bye in the new College Football Playoff. It's a new normal. It's a new normal we're all going to have to adjust to as it (laughs) comes comes about. But Garrett, we're going to have a ton of time this offseason to break down these schedules, break down the win totals. We'll of course have our preview series in the summer talking about each of these teams in depth. But you and I each picked a way too early best bet on SEC win totals. We picked one team. We could have picked an over. Or we could have picked an under to uh, highlight in on. I'm going to throw it over to you first. Who do you have as your SEC best bet as it stands here in February?
1: So my best bet, and this is, again, we're going to say subject to change. And there's a lot of stuff that could happen and that, nah, 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 right? But my best bet right now is that LSU will go under nine and a half. I think this is a nine win team. If I'm just picking it right now, I'm picking them at nine wins exactly. Uh, To Obviously, to just kind of go through it, here's kind of what their schedule looks like. They got USC to start the season. That's going to be in Las Vegas. So it'll be a bunch of fun. We're looking forward to that one. That's a Sunday night game as well. It seems like it's kind of crazy watching LSU play some of these Sunday games recently. And I feel like it's been the last couple of years, at least, they've been doing this. So uh, anyways, they got that. They got Nichols. That'll be a win. That's kind of their their tune-up game there. Um, They got South Carolina. You could consider that a tune-up game maybe this year as well. Um, UCLA, probably not going to be that good. South Alabama, a little bit plucky. Maybe not as good as they have been in the past, but a, a pretty decent team. Then they get their bye week, and then here's where the schedule starts to turn. They come out of their bye week against Ole Miss. Ole Miss, I think, is going to be a pretty dang good team. I think Ole Miss is going to give them a real run there, so that's a possibility for a loss there. Um, They've got Arkansas, which I don't think will be very good, at Texas A&M. They haven't done very well their last several trips to Kyle Field. Uh, It's it's been a little while. Obviously, a new head coach this year, but uh, it's been a little while since they've won at Kyle Field. Uh, they do get a bye week before they play Alabama. They do Florida, Vandy, and Oklahoma, Um, and, and that's kind of where we sit that. So I think that they're really on the hook for a loss against Alabama and Ole Miss. I think those are probably two that I would say feel pretty confident sitting here in February. They're going to lose those two games. And then it's really just about what do you think about Texas A&M at home and then Oklahoma at the end of the season, or even that first game against USC. This is still a good USC offense. I know that things haven't necessarily worked out as much as Lincoln Riley, you know, had hoped to at this point at USC, but it's still a really good USC offense. And I I expect them to field a really good team next year, but why LSU dropping off, right? Number one, I, I don't think they've done very much to address the defensive concerns. They, you know, Turned some stuff over and they figured some stuff out, kind of. But I don't think that they've done enough to address their concerns. I don't see the massive transfers in that are going to be big difference makers. And even if you saw those guys, talent really hasn't been the issue the last couple of years at LSU on defense. It's been scheme. It's been guys being out of position. It's been guys being put in the wrong position to to succeed, right? We saw it a couple of years ago. Harold Perkins trying to be a run defense type linebacker. That's not who he is. He's a, he's a speed guy. He's an edge guy. He's not a run defense linebacker. You put him in that position, he's not going to succeed. Maybe they figure out their scheme, but I'm going to put that in the wait till I see it uh, to believe it category. Um, and then the, the other big one here is, look, they're losing a bunch. You They had an electric offense this year, but they're losing a Heisman Trophy quarterback. And two, I would consider them guaranteed first-round wide receivers. Anytime that happens, there's gonna be a steep drop-off. You can go ahead and look at what happened last time LSU lost a Heisman Trophy quarterback and two first round wide receivers. They had the year 2020 and they were booty butt. They were not very good that year. Um they and yeah, COVID, blah blah blah. Everyone had the same conditions. Okay. What I'm trying to say is it's always difficult to turn over a team with that much talent and expect to see the same kind of results, especially when you see Ole Miss loading up on talent, Alabama doing their thing. It's still Alabama. Kalen DeBoer just coached national championship game. He's going to be a good coach. Maybe not what Nick Saban was, but still a pretty dang good coach. And then yeah, there's a couple other teams on this schedule. It's the SEC. You could still see a team kind of sneak up and get them. So I, I think this could be some rough sledding for LSU. I see him as a nine and three team, which means they hit their under.
0: Yeah, I, I it, you make a good case for the Tigers to drop off a bit. And you're right to point out that they're losing a ton of production on that offensive side of the ball. I think Garrett Nussmeyer is a great quarterback. And I think that he is the offense I think is going to be okay. I'm concerned that they haven't done enough to fix the defense and they still have time. They can, there's going to be another portal window. Right. But right off the bat, you play Lincoln Riley and he is going to put up some points on your defense. If you're not ready, I'm not concerned about LSU. You know, I I don't think that LSU, the USC's defense is going to be fixed to the point that they can stop LSU. But you know, if LSU scores forty-two and USC scores forty-five, that wouldn't surprise me. Week one and the schedule that would surprise
1: me. I don't think LSU has that much firepower.
0: Okay, well there you go. So you know, if you're worried about them scoring, then that's two things to worry about. I I I
1: don't necessarily think that they're going to not score. I just think it's going to take a step back. I I don't think they're going to have an electric offense. I think this is going to be kind of what happened with Ohio State this year, where you had a really, really good, you know, elite quarterback and some real talent at the wide receiver spot, and you lose a bunch of that, right? We saw the regression for Ohio State, and, and you could say, oh, everything was the same and the system was the same and everything else. Oh, but McCord, he was terrible. Well, last year, we didn't think so. Last year, we thought McCord was, you know, Heisman watch and. Oh, he might be really good. He's the quarterback at Ohio State. He must be really good. He sat for a couple of years. He knows the system. He's really smart. He's got lots of talent. That's what we all thought about McCord, and then he wasn't that good this year. He, he I think he was hated on a little bit too much, but he wasn't that good. So, yeah, maybe Nussmeier is a really, really good quarterback, but maybe he's kind of just okay. Maybe he's not quite what Jalen Daniels was, and, and he's not going to be you know, a Heisman Trophy quarterback in year one. I think that's reasonable to suspect. When you take away two massive targets on the outside, that's gonna bring down your offensive production. So they, I think they score thirty against USC. But do I think their defense can hold USC under forty? Uh, I don't think so.
0: Well, and Brian Kelly hasn't exactly been ready to go week one uh, this uh, last yep. couple of years at LSU either. Yep. So, you know, if you're telling me USC's not a lock, then nine and a half becomes very sketchy very quickly, and it's all gonna depend on. You know, how are they catching these teams? Are they catching Mm -hmm. Ole Miss on a bad day? Are they catching Arkansas fired up at home like they typically are when they play LSU? Or are they catching them when they've already given up on the season? Is A&M ready to go? Alabama, what are they going to look like? Has Mm -hmm. Florida given up on the year? Has Oklahoma given up on the year in the last week of the year? That's kind of the wild card for me with that schedule. They have a lot of teams that could have maybe already packed it up and said one, two, three, Cancun when they played them. But if those teams are still up and running and operational, then they're going to give LSU a lot of trouble and they could very easily find themselves below nine and a half, especially if they don't get USC week one. I think that's going to set the tone for the year to be sure. Right. Well, I'll go ahead and go to my way too early SEC win total best bet. I'm going to take a more positive slant than Garrett did. Garrett took an under. I'm going to take an over, and I'm going to talk to you about the Tennessee Volunteers. They're sitting there at eight and a half right now, as we sit in February, and I think that's grossly low for a team that I think is going to be improve, have improved quarterback play. I think Nico is going to take a step up from where Joe Milton was. He still has you know a great one uh, number one receiver in Brew McCoy to throw the ball to. They got some really solid transfers in. They have a top 15 recruiting class coming in. The defense is going to be a little bend and break like it always has been over the last few years under Josh Heupel, but I'm not going to question the pass rush, and I'm not going to question you know stepping up and getting big opportunistic plays because we've seen that time and time again with Tennessee under Josh Heupel. So if you're telling me they've got good to great quarterback play and great to elite pass rush, That's a recipe for a really solid season. They've got the schedule to possibly make some noise. Let me run through it real quick. I'll give you the highlights. Only four true road games in this entire schedule. and Those four true road games are at Oklahoma, at Arkansas, uh, at Georgia, and at Vanderbilt. Three of those four, I would say, are extremely winnable. I I don't know what Oklahoma is going to be next year. I'm not as high on the Sooners as some are. Yeah, Vegas same. is not as high on them either at the seven and a half win total. I'm kind of penciling that in as a win, a big win to start off the season for Tennessee at this point, Arkansas. We don't know what they're going to be with a whole new offensive coaching staff and a new quarterback situation. Uh, is going to be tough, obviously. And Vandy's Vandy, right? I, I think that's right. You're looking, if you can win three of those four and you just need to win, you know, uh, five more, sorry, six more, Six more of your home games, and three of three of those are just absolute gimmies. Then that's a good recipe for me for uh hitting this over at eight and a half. They've got Chattanooga, um a neutral site game against NC State and Charlotte, Kent State and UTEP as their non-conference games. Four and oh right there, you're sitting at seven, then you just gotta get two of the three. Of Florida, Alabama, and Kentucky and Mississippi State. I, like the wins are adding up for me, Garrett, and I think this is going to be a really exciting offense. They're going to put up a lot of points, and they got a lot of teams on their schedule that I just, you know, even if the defense isn't elite, I don't know that they can keep up offensively with Tennessee, and that might be the recipe this year.
1: For sure, and, and you know, for me, the big question about Tennessee was, you know, what's up at the quarterback spot, right? Because Last year, we thought, okay, well, Milton's going to be the guy. Didn't really work out. W- with Nico coming in, I think Nico's going to be a lot better. He showed a lot in the bowl game. And, and, you know, obviously anything could happen. A good bowl game does not, hey, next year's quarterback make. But at the same time, I think he showed a lot in terms of what he can bring to the table. Um, and, and so I look at that, and then I also combine it. Yeah, it's a really favorable schedule. I think they can sweep their out-of-conference Like you're saying, the road games should be somewhat easy. Um, Oklahoma, I think they'll be a team that'll be better in the second half of the year. I don't think that they'll start super strong. But I do think they figure it out as the year goes along. Arkansas, that should be a dub. Um, And then you get, you know, Vanderbilt, that should be a dub. Georgia, you're probably going to lose that one. Um, And then you get Bama at home, obviously. I think a lot of people expect that to be a loss. Anything could happen. And then, yeah, it's like Florida probably not the best season for Florida. Uh, Kentucky, probably not the best season for Kentucky. Mississippi State, also not expecting a whole lot. So there's some real wins on this schedule where I think you would have to say, even with a mediocre team, I think you would expect a lot of these games to be won by the mediocre team in that situation. And then if you just give Tennessee better chances than a mediocre, right? If they're just like a good offense with an okay defense or like even a really good offense with a bad defense. We've seen that kind of work for some teams in the past, not to championship levels, but to nine wins. Yeah, they can get to nine wins on this schedule. Uh, I think there's really only two games I would say are for sure losses.
0: After that, I find, you know, up to 10 wins for Tennessee. And that Alabama game, you know, crazier things have happened than them mm-hmm. beating Alabama at home. So. Yes, yeah. Like if you tell me that like they can get past Alabama, then you're talking about a real shot at the college football playoff.
1: They would have beaten them two years in
0: a row if it wasn't for the fact they forgot how to play football in the second half. Exactly. So, uh, and that's with Nick Saban. So that was with Nick Saban, yeah. I, I'm man. I see only one probable loss on this schedule, and that doesn't mean they're going to go 11 and one. Obviously, but I, I sure. think you know, in a vacuum, it. That Alabama game's a toss-up to me. Like it's straight up 50-50 if yeah. I'm having to pick it right now in February with what I don't know about both teams. So well, and the, the kind of good news is it sandwiches really nice on their schedule too. They get a bye
1: yep. week at Arkansas, Florida, and then Alabama, then another bye week. So yep. they kind of get to sandwich their tough game. The the is very favorable for Tennessee this year. I don't think this is a championship team, but if you were saying you know, end of the year Tennessee's a 10 win team. Wouldn't shock me.
0: Yeah, and 10 wins is college football playoff this year, mostly. There's, there's a
1: real chance, yeah.
0: Unless some crazy things happen nationally that keep them out of it. I'll throw one more in here at the end because I gotta shout him out. Vandy's over under is two and a half, and they have Alcorn State, Georgia State, and Ball State on their schedule. So, Vandy, if we don't hit the over, it's time to disband the football program. We we gotta <laughs> we gotta have some real conversations about. Pouring that NIL money into baseball and remodeling our atrocious basketball gym because they, there's just no excuse for not hitting the over with this. They, they should find a way to remodel that basketball
1: gym, anyways, man. That's a disaster.
0: Yeah. It, it's it's an it's an it's a fossil, an archaeological wonder, the eighth wonder of the world, maybe of the ancient <laughs> world, but it's that's, time that's to not the play
1: Kibbe Dome, man. I don't know what you're talking about, man.
0: <laughs> it's time to not play Division <laughs> One Power Five basketball there. We'll end the football show on that note on Vanderbilt's basketball <laughs> gym. Uh, guys, make sure you're locked in on our social media at 3TechPod on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you've liked this video, subscribe, and please, please, please share with your friends if you enjoy our content. We want to grow our family here and make sure that we can talk ball with as many people as possible as we build for 2024. For Garrett Turney, for Mitch Mason, I'm Trey Reeves, we'll see you next time. Gracious, yeah. how about...